At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit CommonwealthMatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to the Commonwealth Matters. Christmas is right around the corner, a time for family and friends to get together and celebrate the birth of our Savior. It's usually a joyous time, but what do you do when you're with people that you really have a hard time getting along with? In fact, people that uh, you find it hard to love. This is Richard Nelson with The Commonwealth Matters, and with me is Ron Hicks, and we're going to talk about loving the unlovable and loving your enemies. Welcome to the program, Ron. Thank you, Richard. That is a topic that... uh uh, that's uh, very, very timely because uh, everybody can't wait to see grandma, grandpa, and you know cousins, that sort of stuff. But there's always that crazy uncle or somebody that yeah. causes family conflict or there's some history there. And, and you invite him because he's family or you invite her because she's family. But yeah. mm, there's a disconnect there. Well, and we just had Thanksgiving where this was a challenging time for family members mm-hmm. that might be separated mm-hmm. or living in a different part of the mm-hmm. country. And they all get together around the dinner table and they've got to make conversation, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've so we've already had a, a kind of a practice round on this, being together with people who might think different politically or theologically. Mm-hmm. And we've got to figure a way to get along, mm-hmm. I guess, to, to how to communicate, even when we have really different opinions. Right. But, you know, when it comes to loving the unlovable for the follower of Jesus— this isn't an option. Mm-mm. I mean, this is a direct mm-hmm. command right. where Jesus says, not just love those who are tough to love or mm-hmm. love the unlovable or love those who are maybe in a different social class or status than you are, but he says to love your enemies. Mm-hmm. And Ron, I have a hard time doing that sometimes. There's, It's not natural. It can only be accomplished accomplished supernaturally, yeah. Yeah. and that can only happen yeah. through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, which only happens when a person is a born again believer. Yeah. So uh, the 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 tools necessary to be able to accomplish that can only be found in God. No self help book, no self help guru. Uh, no meditation, deep breathing, candles, incense. Now that's going to work. You <laughs> well, know? some people would argue Five that they can Five glasses of wine yeah. is not going to work. You know, it's going to have to be the Holy yeah. Spirit. And and some people might object and say, well, you can if you just really meditate and focus on certain things, you know, put yourself into a transcendental mode. Or, mm-hmm. how's, uh, that, how's that work for you? That, yeah. That's what would be my I'm question. I've not tried it, so I can't <laughs> speak work. to that. But I, I agree with you yeah. in that there's a supernatural sure. aspect to sure. being able to love our enemies because uh, the, the, the natural response is that when somebody does you wrong, mm-hmm. if somebody's offended you, or if somebody comes out just blatantly and they hate you mm-hmm. and they, want, they wish ill on you, mm-hmm. the natural response is to get even mm-hmm. or to, to do harm to that person. Mm-hmm. It's not to love your enemies. Mm-hmm. No. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke 26, verses 27 through, I'll read a Luke few verses. Six. Luke 6, 27 through 36. Yeah, and I'll just read part of it. But to you who are listening, I say, and this is Jesus speaking, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. 
do to others as you would have them do to you, which is the golden Mm -hmm. rule. Uh, But Ron, Jesus is saying to love our enemies and do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. This is tough. Mm -hmm. You're a pastor Mm -hmm. and you're a person who deals with conflict on a regular basis, uh, often from within the church or people that are members of the church that have conflict outside and they come to the pastor and say, Ron, help me through this situation. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it boils down to uh, some kind of enmity or hatred or somebody did somebody else wrong. And what what's your advice? <laughs> well, to- and sometimes it's the person who's approaching me and saying, you need to help me. Uh, it's the pers- that person is causing conflict. And sometimes as a pastor, because I, I, I'm, a, I'm a human being, I am flawed beyond belief. Yeah. You know, Paul just didn't know me. That's why he said he was mm-hmm. chief among sinners mm-hmm. because I struggle <laughs> with so many uh, things. Yeah. And, and uh, so there have been, uh, I've had to confess and repent um, there have been church members I have lost my love for because they are just so church members. <laughs> so just, yeah, um, yeah and, we're not going to name yeah, names yeah, and get no, you into no, trouble absolutely. on the program. But, but, but the reality uh, is, is you're a pastor, absolutely. and you're you're put on a pedestal yeah. often, where mm-hmm. you're like this super spiritual guy that's sure. supposed to have it all together. Everybody and, can lose their mind. Everybody can lose their temper. Everybody can their blood can boil. Everybody can holler and scream except the preacher. He's yeah. supposed to be able to take all that yeah. and then. Well, bless you, you know, yeah, and, and yeah. that's that's tough sometimes. But you're a human so, being. Absolutely. You, so you're, you're, you're a man of flesh, you uh-huh. have feet of clay, and uh-huh. you struggle with the same things absolutely. we all do. So, so your question was, so how do you handle that? I tell you, the, the, it's a one-word answer. Uh, it's a very simple concept, but very hard in practice. Pray. Okay. Um, my wife has got a, a dear friend who um, worked at a, in an office setting, uh, did not get along with the, the supervisor. Um, I mean, just personality conflicts, uh, uh, regional, you know, they came from different parts of the, of the country. So just everything about them was different. And, uh, and every time this friend talked to, to, to my bride, Janet, um, uh, you know, complaining, and, and Janet said, have you ever thought about, you've confronted them, and all the, have you ever thought about praying for them? Mm. Um, after about three months, this girl came back to to my wife and said, "You know, this is crazy. Um, she's not my best friend, but I don't I don't hate her anymore." Wow. And then about three months after that, she said, "We I guess who I just went and had lunch with today." <laughs> and so they didn't become the bestest of friends, but all the enmity to use the word you used just a minute ago was was gone. Yeah. Uh, their personalities were such that they would never be good friends, but there was no longer discord there. Ron, that's really good advice to begin in prayer because a couple things happen. One is we give our uh, burden to God. We mm-hmm. let him handle it for us. The other thing that happens is that prayer changes us. I think it was C.S. Lewis that's who said it doesn't change God's mind mm-hmm. as much as it changes us. Mm-hmm. It puts us in a place of humility. It puts us in a place of grace. It puts us in a place where we realize that there's probably something else going on in this relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think when Christians understand that, that yes, there is a world at war, so to speak. We know there's a spiritual battle, sure. but we also know that we're uh, combatants, so to mm-hmm. speak. And the way we put on arms, it's a spiritual armament. Mm-hmm. And one of the tools in this battle is prayer. Mm-hmm. We go to God and ask him to, to take our burden Right. Uh, and to take up our cause. Right. Uh, and not in, when I say that, I'm not talking about a self-righteous, I want to get even. I'm, I'm saying yeah, when don't, we— Don't when pray we, like David prayed that, that uh, God destroy my enemies and, and all the rest of that. Uh, imprecatory uh, prayers. Yeah. And that's another topic. I think I think there's a time and place. I mean, David had that. and 
But I think we're in a little bit different period where we're praying for wholeness. We're praying for yeah. healing. We're praying for reconciliation. Why? Because Christ has come right. and he has done that for us. And we're talking about here relationships that can't just be terminated, walked away from. We, were ta- we kind of started this whole program with family coming and all. So, so you can't just say, God, destroy them, take them out of my life. He's put them in your life. reasons. So we can unpack that a little bit more later. No, that's good. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. If you're just joining us, you're listening to The Commonwealth Matters, and we're talking about loving your enemies. Stay tuned, and we'll be back in just a minute. At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit CommonwealthMatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to The Commonwealth Matters. You're listening to The Commonwealth Matters, and we're talking about loving your enemies. And I want to talk about... How do you respond to somebody who insults you or somebody Mm. who's offensive to you? And Ron uh, Hicks is with me. Ron, I saw a tweet from a graduate uh, student professor at uh, University of California, Berkeley, who Mm -hmm. tweeted out recently that Americans who live in rural areas are bad people who deserve uncomfortable lives. I saw that. And I took offense. I love rural America. We're country. Live, we're country boys. We're country. We uh-huh. hunt. We fish. I live on a farm. Mm-hmm. I raise cattle. Mm-hmm. Um, love the outdoors. Mm-hmm. And when I saw this tweet, I thought, man, this is this is a little bit out there. Mm-hmm. So this is what Jackson Kernian, he's a graduate student instructor at Berkeley. He's taught at least 11 philosophy courses since 2013. Mm-hmm. He went to Twitter and he said this. I unironically embrace the bashing of rural Americans. They as a group are bad people who've made bad life decisions. Some I assume are good people, but this nostalgia for some imagined pastoral way of life is stupid and we should shame people who aren't pro-city. That's a real tweet. It went viral after he sent it out. And even as I read it, I kind of laugh because I'm like, what is, What? I don't know if this guy maybe had a bad day or maybe a bad you know, experience with some rural people, but mm-hmm. obviously he does not like rural Americans mm-hmm. who I identify as. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Ron, how do you deal with that when somebody insults you? Now, this was, again, this was on social media. It was not a personal Well, the reason uh, it wasn't personal is because you can be brave hiding behind a computer screen. I mean, you can, you can insult and everything else, but you look eyeball to eyeball to a big corn-fed country boy and you tell him all this, you know, and he'll 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 tell you all about Jesus. You know, After he pops you in the nose head. and all the rest of that. <laughs> right. um, uh, but but uh, most people, um, I, I mean, this person is obviously, it makes no difference what kind of sheepskin he has hanging on his wall. Yeah. This is an ignorant man. And when yeah. I say ignorant, ignorant yeah. doesn't mean stupid or or. Unintelligent just simply means he's ill-informed or uninformed completely. Can I chime in and interrupt? Sure. Well, now, when you say sheepskin on the wall, he might not get that <laughs> when you talk about a sheepskin oh, on the wall. that's right, because uh, uh, he's, he's a refined for, city boy. Right. Uh, but a sheepskin. The, the college diploma, right. Yeah, college yeah. diploma so on just, the wall. Sure. Yeah. Okay, I, I'll have to use uh, 
can't, I have to leave colloquialisms. Um, <laughs> you and I oh, know wait, what that yeah, means. Yeah. But he, <laughs> um, well, so so I think he's he's just uninformed. Yeah. And yeah. Um, you know, often people who don't engage a particular a social economic group, somebody from a different background, uh, people haven't traveled and all the rest of that. Just know their circle. They're actually intimidated, frightened, uh, uncomfortable around people that are different than they are. And so to make themselves feel more comfortable. Uh, they tend to to down yeah. degrade somebody else. Every single every single group um, has another group that they think that they're superior to. When you're talking about racism, yeah. racism is not owned by a color. Um, every single group is racist towards another group, and I would challenge anybody to show me an example where that's not true. Um, and so, so obviously, this guy, I'm not calling him a racist at all. I'm just simply saying he's ignorant because he's not. Uh, informed about the culture and all the rest of that. Some of the most powerful and influential people are farmers, uh, ranchers who own thousands and thousands and thousands of acres um, and who are multi, multi-millionaires, sure. have art. You know, I'm thinking of, of uh, uh, is his first name Francis Remington, the Western uh, artist who did all these bronze sculptures yeah. and all the rest of that, a renowned artist worldwide. Yeah. He he was just an old uh, kind of country boy out, out west, sort of a cowboy sort of a style. Yeah. Um, the, he didn't fit any of the categories here. Colonel Sanders, you know, at 70 years old, a country gentleman um, who became a multi-multi-millionaire. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it shows his ignorance and his lack of education. So what can we do if somebody were to insult you in person? Uh, and offend you in person. I know you and your personality. We're, I won't expose you on the <laughs> air here, but we've had, you're a good friend and you've shared some of your struggles with, um, well, with responding well to people mm-hmm. who might offend you and insult right. you. What's the, let me ask you this what's the Christian way to respond well, uh, to somebody who insults you? Sure. Or, um, James says, be quick to listen, slow to speak. Yeah. And so sometimes just simply taking a breath. And then the next thing I like to do, um, and I don't employ this often as often as I should, but just simply restate. When somebody says something that's just crazy, um, ignorant like this, I'll say, okay, what I heard you say was, and in my own words, I'll restate what it is that they said. Yeah. One, so that they can hear how ridiculous it sounded, you know, um, and, and also to make sure that I understood because sometimes – you know, he may say, oh, no, 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 I didn't mean that at all. Yeah. I, you know, I, I painted it with a broad brush and I should have said, you know, this. And, and, and so there's a, an understanding. Plus, it gives me a second to be able to, if I'm restating what he said, I'm not just automatically charging ahead with my opinion. Mm-hmm. So um, and, and it gives just a moment to defuse and also a time to, to, to be able to pray just very quickly. Say, OK, Holy Spirit, you're going to have to lead me through this because. I don't want to create an even bigger enemy here. I don't yeah. want to feed his stereotype. Um, um, so I'm, I'm going to need your help here. But just to restate, take a breath, pray, That's and then good. try to try to understand where he's coming from. To finish uh, what James was saying in James chapter 1, uh, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry mm-hmm. because man's anger does not bring about the righteousness that God desires. Absolutely. So we are to have... Uh, controlled tempers we're to be take offense slowly or to, mm-hmm. to not take offense quickly really right and being uh, angry is not a sin it, no it's not be, there's I an mean, appropriate time yeah, and place for that sure. 
and also an appropriate way to let that anger work itself mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm. But uh, we are to be slow to anger, partly because of the ignorance of somebody or some, somebody may not have intended the offense, mm-hmm. but we're to give grace also because mm-hmm. we constantly offend God. Oh, absolutely. Uh, even you as a pastor, mm-hmm. you offend God. You you do things that are wrong. Sure. And except by God's grace um, mm-hmm. and his mercy, uh, there wouldn't be a whole lot of hope for us. He's constantly <laughs> forgiving us. I was heading con- straight to hell. You hear me until until he, he he saw my need for a savior. And and the Bible says that unless God draws, and so he drew me um, because he knew that I needed a savior. And so ab- you're absolutely right. Um, and the righteousness of Christ was imputed upon me. So he clothed me with the yeah. righteousness of Christ. Without that, I am hopelessly and helplessly lost. But with that. I am a saint because he is declared and not because I've earned it or or have achieved that and, title on my and, own. And that's good news. It's yeah. good news that we all need to hear. And because of that, when somebody becomes a follower of Jesus, when they have confessed their sins and repented and turned to him, they have a new identity. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you look at the identity of Christ or part of his um, life on earth, he was constantly bearing with people, with mm-hmm. their shortcomings, with their... Uh, hot tempers mm-hmm. with their uh, anger, anger that was directed in the wrong way. Well, with their misunderstanding, sin. and with misunderstanding, often to think that he was coming to do away with a whole religion, and oh. and you know they just they, they they refused to listen and gain understanding. Have you ever had a Have you ever had a dog, um, a family pet, a loyal family pet that's been hurt, and and you try to go to minister first aid and it snaps at you? Uh, sometimes oh, yeah. people are like, well, they've been hurt. And and they uh, they they snap at you, yeah. and and really before any productive conversation could take place, you've got to kind of unpack that hurt just a little bit, yeah. um, and so that might be the situation here as well. And you can't do that with a with hate in your heart. No, you can't. And Ron, when we come back for this last segment in just a minute, um, I want to know how can we do this well, and then what will the results be for not taking offense quickly. Um, extending forgiveness and extending mercy to our enemies. So uh, we'll take a break and we'll be back in a minute. Hi, this is Richard Nelson with the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, and I want to thank you for listening to the Commonwealth Matters. Our goal is to help you better understand the important issues of the day, the issues of life, marriage, and religious liberty. But that isn't all we do. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is working to educate legislators and policymakers about these bedrock values so they can defend them while serving in Frankfurt. We are in regular conversations with state leaders on both sides of the aisle, encouraging them to uphold what Kentuckians like you value. But we need your help. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit group that only exists by the grace of God and the generosity of its donors. Would you consider a donation today to the Commonwealth Policy Foundation so that our work might continue? Please visit our website at commonwealthpolicyfoundation.org. There you'll find some easy ways you can help us accomplish this important work. Again, go to commonwealthpolicyfoundation.org and consider a gift today. And thanks in advance for any help you can offer.
Proverbs 25:21 says, if your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. Uh, if you're just tuning in, this is Richard Nelson, executive director of the Commonwealth Policy Center. And with me is Ron Hicks. And Ron, what do you do with a passage like that? Not only does Jesus say to love your enemy in the New Testament, but the Old Testament tells us, well, if you have an enemy who's hungry, give him something to eat. If he's thirsty, give him water to drink. What do you do with that? Well, you do it. <laughs> okay. I mean, you that's know, a simple response. The but, idea, yeah. the idea of us being servants—that means that uh, our master tells us what to do, um, and um, it's to accomplish His will and His purpose. And the Lord may have sent that quote-unquote enemy our way, um, so that we might be able to, through the Holy Spirit that dwells in us, soften that person's heart, because God might be have selected us to be the person to present the plan of salvation. Yeah. Um, to to draw him to himself and and uh, invite us to participate in, in Romans uh, twelve twenty it takes it even a step farther in Proverbs it says give him bread give him uh, something to drink in Romans it said if your enemy is hungry feed him mm-hmm. not not just hand it to him but but if he's not able to consume it himself f- feed it to him if he's yeah. thirsty give him yeah. something to drink for by doing so you'll be heaping coals on his head. And I, you know, some people see that as, oh, so I'll be able to get at them. Actually, what it's it, it will convict them. And that's yeah. what that means. It will convict them of their sin, um, and and uh, coals on their head might keep them from having coals in their bed for all eternity mm-hmm. uh, and, and be separated from Christ. So the the momentary reflection of hey, my sin, which is ever before me, has been exposed. And- so what we're seeing in this passage in Romans twelve twenty that you're referring to is a radical act of kindness, mm-hmm. a radical act of grace. Because look, when you have when there are two enemies. They want to kill each other. Mm-hmm. They they're they're not looking out for their well being. Mm-hmm. They don't want to feed them or give them something to drink unless there's poison in the food or yes. water. Yeah. But here's the command from God to for 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 His followers, for His people to be kind mm-hmm. and gracious to those who are enemies. And one of the things that this does is it does diffuse the anger from the other side. When you're gracious towards your enemy, how can they be angry at you anymore? If you've if if they're hungry and thirsty, you're giving them food or you're giving them something mm-hmm. to drink. They can't. Well, look at what uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. did during the civil rights movement. He encouraged everybody: we are not going to match violence with violence. We're not going to match hatred with hatred. Yeah. And and the public saw all of the things that were said about the African Americans, all the propaganda, all the ignorance that was uh, that was that was put out there. When humanity was able to see it on the television, they realized, hey, if there's anybody here that's acting like an animal, it's certainly not yeah. this group. It's yeah. these people who yeah. are literally frothing at the mouth <laughs> as they're talking, you know. Yeah. And so if something needs to change, it's certainly not. And that brought about worldwide change. I, I'm glad that you brought that example up because that's probably one of the best examples mm-hmm. of diffusing, a couple mm-hmm. things, diffusing anger and hostility, but also of ex- of exposing anger at a yeah. very deep level mm-hmm. because when Martin Luther King Jr. and the, the the freedom riders in the South and those who did the lunch counter sit-ins, they were just acting as citizens. They were using their First Amendment mm-hmm. freedoms. They were acting as just members of a community asking for, for lunch or for dinner. And um, the it was exposed to deep racial hatred. Mm-hmm. And when America saw this happen on their television sets, yeah. People were alarmed. Yes. They said, how can this be in our country? Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be colorblind. We're mm-hmm. supposed to 
recognize the endowed dignity of every single All person. All men are created equal. Right? Oh, it mm-hmm. violated the, the, the Jim Crow South mm-hmm. violated every principle on which this country is founded on. Absolutely. And when, when people saw this on their in their living rooms, on television, as the news was reporting it, the fire hose turned on mm-hmm. um, peaceful marchers. The, the peaceful um, people who were at the lunch counter sit-ins harassed and, and humiliated humiliated mm-hmm. and just treated like animals that alarmed this country and it was just a few within a short period of time mm-hmm. of the peaceful civil rights movement mm-hmm. we saw the a heart change in america and we saw legislation take place and jim crow was pushed out of the spotlight mm-hmm. now with that said we have made a lot of strides in racial reconciliation in racial equality at least in mm-hmm. the laws mm-hmm. But there's still a lot that needs to be done in true racial reconciliation. Well, uh, we live in a fallen world, and so there is a lot to do in almost every aspect of 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 things that do with the flesh. But but you know another caveat to that is if I say to you, hey, um, I'm going to go meet a guy at Starbucks, and we're going to go around back, and and we're going to duke it out, and he's going to bring some buddies, um, come come fight with me. Um, Not everybody is wired that way. But but if I say, hey, um, I'm gonna meet a guy at Starbucks. We're gonna sit down and we're gonna we're gonna prayerfully try to um, you know iron out our differences. Yeah. Uh, he's gonna bring some some guys to be able to pray for him while he's talking. Can I? People are gonna be much more inclined to participate in the latter than than the the former. Right. Um, Largely because we don't want to have a black eye and a right, broken sure, nose. Sure, we'd sure. rather. And that's one thing great about this country is that we still have the freedom to sit down and to mm-hmm. discuss and to try to work out our differences and a civil conversation. Right. In uh, other societies, they will resort to violence, mm-hmm. uh, first and foremost. I would say that's because of the Christian influence, by the way. Uh, yeah, I agree. Absolutely. B- because of the idea of loving your enemies, mm-hmm. because of the idea of respecting that person who's on the other side, uh, that person who might even hate you, and uh, acknowledging the God-endowed dignity that they have. Look, yeah. Here's the truth, is that we all are endowed with uh, being made in the image of God, Mm -hmm. with inherent dignity. Mm -hmm. We're endowed with inherent dignity, and we need to respect that in other people, even Mm -hmm. those who are politically different, those who are theologically different, those who are your enemies. Sure. And as, uh, as followers of Jesus, we're called to recognize those things, but we're also called to be reconcilers. Mm-hmm. We have ministries of reconciliation. Absolutely, That's a theme that we see throughout the New Testament. Absolutely, And I think, Ron, if we embrace this and understood this, mm-hmm. uh, we could really change a lot more than we realize. Sure. We just went through an election, and um, you know, there's some people that I talked to, they just were beside themselves because their candidates didn't win, or a candidate didn't win. And I've got friends that post on Facebook, you know, and all the rest of that sort of stuff. And it's all kind of just picking at a wound. Yeah. Um, I, if, if people put as much effort into praying that God would soften the heart and change the minds and all the rest of the people we have in leadership, if they put as much effort into that as they do bashing them and talking bad about them, um, then I, I, think, I think we'd truly be able to have an impact on our culture. I've not read one story about anybody being hated into heaven. No, isn't that true? Yeah, and so and and hate repels, Mm -hmm. anger repels. Mm -hmm. When love and grace attracts, kindness is attractive. Grace is attractive, and when we lead with those things, uh, we're going to see some amazing things happen. But here's where it goes: it it comes on each of us. Mm -hmm. Goes on. It's at you. It's on me. 
It's on all the listeners. If we're going to see that kind of change, it starts with us. Absolutely. So, Ron, we are out of time. I wish we could talk longer, but this was a good program. And, hey, great to have you on. Amen. God bless you. Remember, God is love. 